Welcome to the Glass Lab podcast, where we talk all things product development. It's our goal every month to introduce you to the people, ideas, and development tools that are shaping the hardware products we all use every day. Welcome back to the Glass Labs podcast. I'm Grant Chapman, CEO at Glassboard, and with me today I've got Nita Ansari. She is the managing director of the Heritage Group Accelerator. Uh, I hear you wear other hats over there as well. So love to hear about who you are and how you got to Heritage Group and all the cool things you do. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm also on the investment team with HG Ventures, so I do wear multiple hats. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I am a transplant from Atlanta, so I've been in Indianapolis for just over a year, welcome, which, has been an, yeah, which has <laughs> been an interesting uh, interesting transition, transition, to say the least. But um, I've been in manufacturing pretty much my entire career, right? So a lot of injection molding, a lot of um, uh, extrusion, a lot of polymers, Got it. And innovation you were, and strategy. You were yeah. in that from uh, what kind of perspective as a, you know, Quality. I don't know where you where yeah, you live in that oh, space, yeah, but fair, now now fair. we're on a tangent. I'm going to have to yeah, chase yeah, no, down because I have to know. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, I was entirely in innovation and strategy, so I did okay. a, I did product management with an innovation pipeline management component, right? So we brought um, products from concept idea to implementation. And this is products in the plastic space, not right. end use products. So this is right. like different B2B methodologies, right. different tools, different tooling to That's create right. new and cool ways to make yeah. plastic. Yeah, and they were being made all over the world. So we had customers all over the world and we had sites all over the world. So, so the sun never set on your empire. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Because uh, then you get to get involved in everything from getting feedback from consumers uh, to... Uh, how and where the the product needs to be made to the cycle times, right? Right. So I was in charge of the PL and was responsible for making sure that the product that we designed to make was being made in the cost that we Needed plan to. to make, right? Plan to make it. And when you think about assets that depreciate, get older, um, cavities and, get plugged, and right? there's only You've so many minutes in a day. I mean, that's, that's the only right. thing that people don't realize in manufacturing. Right. They're like, yeah, you can run it 24-7. That's right. There are still only 24 hours that's in a day. Right. And right. if a tool makes a part every 30 seconds, every yeah. 10 seconds, every yeah. 3 seconds, those are vastly different, you know, end of year numbers of how many Absolutely. parts that machine can Absolutely. make. And and the end, end supply chain too, right? Like if I make it in China, I'm making it semi-automatic with, with manual labor. If I'm making it in Tijuana, it's manual labor mm-hmm. um, with just hydraulic press things, yep. right? And then you've got pellet to pallet. Nobody touches it in Rhode Island, right? That's, right. So that's... Vastly different. You have to account for all kinds of things. So yeah, I could make it pellet to pallet, but that's millions of tens of millions of in dollars already. in equipment, right? Yeah. Uh, versus paying somebody to make it in China, but then the the offset is it takes six to eight weeks on a boat yep. on a ship. And you have to fly someone there to do quality that's and to know right. your factory. And can you get the same resin in yes. China that you can get in the United States that's if it's right. a controlled device? Is it yep. under quality, right? Yep. Colorant. Yeah. Right? Oh, colorant which pigment. Being, so so I get it matched here in the U.S. Like somebody shows me what the colorant match is here in the U.S. I need an equivalent, like a manufacturer, like a a, a color provider, mm-hmm. colorant provider that also is Confident is able to right yeah. in a completely different country, completely different part of the world. So that's that's kind of where I started. Uh, kind of fell into it. Um, originally from Pakistan, grew up in the Middle East. I'm an immigrant. Just became a citizen in 2020. Like congrats. Right. Two months before the pandemic, I'm like, 
I need, you know, That's- get, get sworn in. And then I'm like, I need a passport. And I, this is before we had any whiff that there was a pandemic coming. So yep. I have a U.S. passport. Haven't used it. Oh, that's awesome. Plan on using it in December, though. <laughs> yeah, my wife just got her citizenship this summer and nice. got her passport like Congrats. three weeks ago. So yeah, super yeah, exciting yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting moment because it was 19 years uh, to that point uh, oh, okay. of being in the country. So I went from, you know, being on work visas mm-hmm. to being a student worker, to like so student worker first and then work visas to green card to citizen. Right. Yep. So, so it's a longer journey than most people imagine. Oh, it, um, even the fast some, track is yes, long. Yeah. It is. It is. It feels like, and you're at the behest of somebody else. And at the end of the day, you're at the behest of honestly, the person you're interviewing that day, right? Like it, there's, there's just, there's a lot. Yep. No, that's, that's but a, a super fun Super process. grateful. Yeah. So it makes you, you know, it's an interesting journey between personal journey between being frustrated and being grateful. Um, so at the end of the day, right. I choose to be grateful about yeah, the fact yeah. that I'm here. Uh, but that's, so I've lived in four countries. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so U S Pakistan. Uh, I grew up in uh, Oman and Dubai. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then moved here right around college. So this is my fourth, being my fourth country. And in the U.S., I've lived in seven cities. So this is my seventh. Very busy. Okay. So <laughs> bop around. So you're, you've now landed in Indianapolis, been That's here right. for a year, and you're at the Heritage Group. That's so right. what is what is it that you do at the Heritage Group and what is how does that touch hardware? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, the Heritage Group is a private, family-owned, fourth-generation uh, family company, right? So, um, been here for 90 years almost, primarily operates in the Midwest, but we have operations of countries, uh, and we're in a bunch of different verticals and they inform what I do, right? So we have over 30 operating companies underneath us, 5,000 plus employees. Um, and we operate in these chunky verticals, like the construction of materials, advanced, uh, chemistries. We do, uh, battery recycling and management, um, and then, uh, we have environmental services. So I'm on the new ventures team and there's three legs to the new ventures team. Uh, we have incubation, we have the accelerator that I'm the managing director of, and then the, the ventures team and, and I'm an investment professional there too, as well. So there's a lot going on. And this group that I represent, um, that I'm a member of has been around for about five years. So this is, uh, the accelerator has been running for four, um, and we're in program right now, right? So our, our demo day is showing, coming up. Our showcase is coming up November 15th at the center here in Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm and looking forward to, to being there this year yeah, as well. And, yeah. and if you didn't know, the Heritage Group's building and center is fantastic. It's pretty cool. It's really like cool it's, an, it's a really well thought out and designed building for the purpose uh, that it's there for, right? So we've got a multi-million dollar lab uh, space. We've got a dedicated accelerator space. We've got um, all these... And, and we've not to mention, like, we've got an auditorium that seats 300 plus people where showcase will be. And we've got cabins in the back. Like, it's really phenomenal. Anybody has a chance and has a desire to come see it, they're welcome to uh, reach out to me and, and set something like that up. Um, but getting back to your original question around the hats that I wear, we, we run a program for early stage hard tech startup companies. Uh, once a year, we take in six to 10 um, every year. And then uh, we coach them. So it's like your any other right, accelerator, incubator, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Our job is to make these companies investable by the end of program. And that investability may or may not come from HG Ventures, but our job is to make them investable. So I wear, so during program, I've my I have multiple stakeholders, right? I've got the Heritage Group, I've got Heritage Group operating companies, I've got HG Ventures, and then I've got the founders. Yeah. And so we, they're a wild bunch. That's right. They are a wild <laughs> bunch. These are, you know, these are 
These are really, these are people, these are founders at their core that have been living, eating, breathing, sleeping. Their idea. Their idea so, for years. So to give people a picture of where they come into the accelerator, yeah. you know, what size are these companies? How yep. long has the idea been an idea versus yeah. how long has it been an LLC or is it an LLC or a C Corp yet? Has yeah. someone filed when they apply and, yep. you know, the... Not that there's an average founder because they're all strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, why are they applying to you? How do they get involved? And yeah. what is that, you know, what are you starting with? So we can kind of paint a picture for, for yeah. everyone listening. Yeah. So I'll start with the types of companies we recruit, right? So they have to uh, ladder up to something that the operations, uh, the operating companies are working on. Mm-hmm. So environmental services, so the, the ones that I mentioned, advanced chemistries, all of that. Um, but the stage they have to be in is more an art than a science. Um but generally, I'll say they're incorporated. They have a full-time, uh, at founder, least one yeah. full-time founder uh, and or team. We definitely take a look at some degree of traction. Hard tech is interesting, right? Because they may have raised over a million dollars, but still are pretty nascent in, yeah. in their development. So it's not like, it's very, it's high contrast to SaaS. A million dollars will sustain for a very long time. Well, yeah, you need laptops in the basement and a bag of Doritos <laughs> and bottle them out and do it. You're good to go in SaaS. That's right. That's right. So... So it, it looks a little bit different in that case. We do take in SaaS companies that service the space, mm-hmm. um, but that development cycle still looks faster. pretty, yeah, yeah, faster than your true hard tech, but still longer than your pure SaaS. Which right? is their customer acquisition is hard. It's not that's that right. the software is any harder that's than right. it regularly is for a D2C or a B2B that's, right. that's in the regular space. But Just qualification, validation, mm-hmm. getting pilots, getting people on board, uh, especially when you're in legacy industries where... Um, the interface for innovation at these companies is pretty small. That surface area mm-hmm. uh, like is pretty small. Who's willing to talk tech That's right. and what data is pipable out. That's right. Right? Is this one access database that some guy <laughs> enters in every month, that's all the right. sales figures, that's or right. is there, you know, a big reporting system that yep. exists? I think yeah. that's the, the and, interesting and part. And what's the hurdle to get that in place, right? So right now, if it's one guy sitting in the basement, yeah. putting it in data entry once a month, that looks very different than investing in a platform to be able to do that, you know, and building that process. That's right. right? That's right. So, yeah. so these companies are, let's call it, they're incorporated, they have a founder, they're full-time, they've probably raised some amount of money before yeah. you touch them. That's right. A lot of them have grants, SBIR, STTR grants. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. And then how much of these are tech transfer from like a university or how much of this is like yep. napkin sketch, I had this idea yeah. and I'm chasing it? Yeah, it's a good mix of both, I'd say. Um, this year we happen to have quite a few that are post-university mm-hmm. or, or were developed in university. Um, uh, but it's a good mix. No, that's Both. awesome. Yeah. Because the, the university ones are always interesting, especially yes. in the hardware space for us, Absolutely. because the university has discovered a mechanism usually. That's right. In the medical space, it's pretty common for us to get medical clients that come sure. from the university. There's a mechanism, but the product is the founder's idea. That's right. That isn't from the original grants. You know, they that's have right. the, we need to accomplish this goal. Now we need to make a product that does that. And how yes. does the university own the IP? You know, and that's, that's right. always a fun there's talk. A, there's a lot of uh, conversation about that in our group right now. Um, and what ends up being really interesting is if the founders developed the technology right, while the they were in mechanism, right. Yeah. So if they if they develop the mechanism and aren't just licensing it from from the university, they their their skill set is very specific, right? Their their comfort level. Forget the skill set. Their their comfort zone is very specific. So mm-hmm. getting them to think through. Well, you're at the early stage. You're going to have to do the sales. You're going to have to do the marketing. You're going to have to people. And hire, right? like, you're going to like, hire right? and like yes. manage and learn yes. how to, you know, yes. operate a business profitably that's one right. day, not yeah. just grant to grant to grant. You that's need right. to, how do you build a cash flow model that will right. turn over? That's right. Yeah. And you have to go from, all right, well, I developed this mechanism and there's a certain sense of pride around that, but now you're, you, now you have to be able to say you developed a company around it mm-hmm. and that's financials, marketing, sales, all the other functions that come with it that are very, that may be more externally facing than 
you are ready for. Right. Or that you're used to at least. Or at that the very you're least. used to. And so I think yeah. we're not on purpose now talking about what the accelerator is going to push people for. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is, I think, the the concepts you and I talked about that this is where the accelerator shines. Yeah. Taking these founders that have a technical background and polishing the rough edges and yes. making them presentable, not just as Absolutely. a founder, but as a company, as a Absolutely. concept. And how do you yeah. workshop all of that? And you guys do it in, what is it, a 12-week accelerator? Yeah, right? yeah it's about so, 13 weeks, 13th being the showcase week. Right. Yeah. So 12 so, weeks of prep and one week right. of, of right. show it all off. Yeah. And we're we're just under three weeks away from, you know, showcase. No, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So what's interesting is that, you know, we had we have to kind of think through, there's, there's one wild card in this whole thing. We spent the first eight to nine months recruiting, sourcing, planning, uh, developing goals once we've found, defined the cohort, and then mm-hmm. they're here right? They're, they're here in August. Um, we can do all of that planning and, and say, this is the curriculum. And what we did was um, we put together a curriculum because, you know, it's a funny thing to think about because we have, we have we have to build some level of structure, but we're bringing in extremely unstructured folks, right? So you can require them to come to workshops. You can require like attendance and presence at certain networking events, but that's literally what you're you have to think about that when you're sourcing. You have to find the rebel, the person that thinks differently, the person that thinks creatively. But then when they're in the program, you're like, and you will be in this classroom for the next 12 weeks. You can't yeah. do that. No, because so, you're, you're hurting cats. That's right. And, and you can't just herd them <laughs> right. or they'll just be miserable the whole time. That's you have to right. like incentivize them. Yes. That learn this thing. We're the laser pointer for those cats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. We hope that they will all end up in that in that one corner that we need to end, have them end up at mm-hmm. for at least long enough for them to absorb something. Right. right. So, um, so the curriculum itself, we kind of set up like, all right, we'll do themed weeks. We'll do storytelling week. We'll do mentor labs. We'll we bring in external, um, folks, uh, and a lot of folks across the heritage group to mentor these folks, um, to, to listen to what they're working on, coach give, them, give, give them, them advice. Feedback. Right. Yeah. yeah. Give them, give them all kinds of kinds of access to resources, access to customers, um, field trips, all of that. Right. And then the next few weeks we're, we're going to be developing, you know, storytelling, uh, is, which is a module I teach. Um, there's supply chain, there's financials, cap table development, talking to investors. So we kind of have some sort of arc that leads Mm -hmm. in, leads into showcase where, Hey, you're going to be in front of X number of investors. You need to be ready with A, B, C, D, E level of information. And they're going to ask questions, you know, Y through Z. That's right. You need to have a good answer. That's right. That's right. And, and so we have this, idea of a curriculum, the, the program starts in August and these cats are all like, uh, yeah, you know, so, no so they're completely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, we have a, we have a battery, uh, technology company. We have a wastewater company. We have somebody that makes, uh, aggregate from, from coal ash. These are vastly different end markets, technologies, industries. Growth these guys rates, all have, yes. Yeah. So they all have very different needs at the end of the day. So it's like, it's like having multiple majors in the same class and, an elementary school and a college level, right? Like, so they're all right. at different maturity levels, depending on what dimension you're, you're looking at them for, but then also they're, they're completely different end markets. So we have to really, so that's the wild card, right? So we, we plan for the curriculum, they come in and we're like, well, <laughs> so, fit this perfectly. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> that's right. So we actually have to operate like a startup. We have to be ready to pivot and say, look, our North star is investability for you. Right. But how we get there is this is what the, what we thought we were going to be able to do, but here's the places where we are happy to pivot. 
right? Happy and, to and, pivot. And we've got a partner in XYZ that you need to go That's talk right. to. I, I know Absolutely. your battery company went straight to BIC, and that That's is right. like Disneyland for That's them. Right. <laughs> and, you know, That's right. And we're so right. fortunate here in Indiana to have That's BIC right. available. Ben Reitzman was on the podcast right. uh, recently. So yeah. Yeah. awesome to connect those dots and, again, yeah. build that ecosystem here that we have in Indiana for this kind of like hard tech companies yeah. and like really where it shines. Yeah. And we actually have a company that's elected to move to Indiana during program. They're, they're Hoosiers now yeah. um, because um, we gave them a, we uh, gave them a connection into 16 tech and they toured the lab. So they actually have lab state space at 16 tech and two of them are now newly minted Hoosiers, right? Uh, so I think I know these, a, I think I know this team. They've yeah, been in my shop um, right. and they are hilarious. And yeah. I think I got them into machine as well. That's as 16 right. tech. They're right. IBRI and a machine. So this yeah. ecosystem is not just single faceted as no. a, because, you know, they're they're in chemistry, that's basically, right. in, in biology. Yes. But they also need to build fixtures and build that's right. the, equipment the equipment that's going to make their end product. Absolutely. And you can build that in the makerspace here. And I, we, you and I were talking about before this started in the podcast of how do you get the critical mass going to make yes. hard tech happen? Yeah. And I think that's the, the the fun part that we're all in the middle of building together, right, in, in Indiana and especially mm-hmm. Indianapolis. Yeah. And, and we've, we've had seven or eight. So we've had, including this cohort, we've had 36 companies come through. Right. Right. Um. And about eight of them have elected to move here, 20, 25%, I'd say, right? Have elected to either move here or hire here or have a board member or advisor here. So right. long-term, they Some have presence. ties. Yeah, yeah, they have ties to Indianapolis, to Indiana, because um, that includes BIC, that includes other other regions of the state. So it, it's not necessarily a, a, something that we're incentivized to do, but certainly is something that's that's. The happy oh, cool. accident. Like, it's a happy accident. It is a feather in our cap, but it, it's not an incentive for us. Because at the end of the day, we're we're making them investable at their where whatever right. So it's their journey, and we're just hoping to accelerate the the four months that they're here, right? So right. and we're hoping that 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 four months with us is equivalent to six months to a year on um, their own, uh, stumbling around on their own, yeah. right? Right. No, and I think that's the the whole startup journey. That I think is so fascinating that yeah. you do need that balance from the yeah. founders of the stumble around on their own. Right. Because that's why they're here. It's what they're good right. at. It's, it's right. why they're in the position they are. And you have to be able to fail at something to know what you've learned and what you're not good at or what you're bad at or what didn't work. Yep. Uh, so we actually really try to um, drive home the point that you need to have a learning plan, right? So at least know what you don't know, right? right. And you may not always not, you may not, this is a lot of negatives, but you may not always not know what you don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I don't not, not, not know. <laughs> Right. But, 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 and that's okay, but at least you acknowledge some degree of it so that when you do come across a learning point, right. So it may be a failure point, but a failure point is also a learning point. Um, but when you come across that, there's, there's something to spur you to the next one. Cause that failure can take you back. Right. Um, but the way it propels you forward is by you acknowledging that you've learned something from that. And that should be completely fine. We need to normalize failure. Uh, oh, with founders and startups, for it's sure. It's so important in business and everything. Yes. It's one of those things that if Careers, you, right? Like you, you yeah. have to be okay with failure. And if yeah. you if you look at failure as just learning, it changes the tone. And again, it's not like you should yes. set out to fail. It's never the goal. Right. You know, shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars. Right. That's that's the, the mission that we're all shooting for. It's like, right. it's okay if you don't hit the first plan because no that's plans right. arise first contact. That's right. But how do you say, ooh, that one didn't work and now I know not to do that again, yes. right? And it's one of those- um, for us at Glassboard, fail fast, right? How do yes. you optimize failure in a way that you're not over-investing before you're you know, right. realizing whether it's a good idea or not? Yeah, and it's an interesting signal to give to investors too because if you say, these are the things, because all you're doing is communicating 
your crystal ball, right, right, to an investor, and you're saying, "This is what I think my life will be like in, in five months, years." Right, twelve two months years. to two five yeah. years. Guess what? Your level of certainty keeps going down the further out you get. Right. But guess what? What you can communicate is, "Here's what I don't know, and here's what I hope to keep." Learning. That's what milestones are, right? So here's what I don't know. Here's what I hope to hit, and if it doesn't work, this is. This, this is, is what pivot. happens. Yeah. yeah. Or if it does work, this is where my risks are lower, right? Is my technical risk lower? Is my customer risk lower? Whatever, whatever the case may be, market risk, whatever we so are learning. This is a perfect pivot into the technical development. What happens yes. in your accelerator from a technology standpoint? Are yeah. you focused on that? How do you de-risk that in those 12 Absolutely. weeks? Yeah. Because this is where the crystal ball, I think there's like one graph that goes up and one graph that goes down. Yeah. yeah. As time goes on, my confidence in what I'm seeing goes down, right? I'm yes. less and less sure this is going to happen. But as time goes on, my level of saying we're able to de-risk the problem yes. goes up and up and up. You know, our sure. level of being able to pull risk out is like, oh, yeah, in three years, we'll be way less risky than we are now because we'll have failed a bunch between now and then yeah. and you sure. know, eliminated half the search the yep. search board. So yep. how do you guys direct your founders and what do you guys focus on in the accelerator from a hard tech standpoint, from yeah. de-risking the technology side? Yeah. Um, so we put this committee together. Uh, I named it. But so I love it. I love what it's called. It's the leap committee. Okay. So L E A P. Um, we had founders coming in that were focused on pilots. They were like, we don't get a pilot and pilot has a pretty broad, broad definition, depending on who you're talking to. But let's assume it's, it's the in field, uh, test validation of my technology. Yeah, I that's what a, I want. I make a thing and someone that's a potential customer is using it and giving yes. me feedback. Yes. They may or may not pay me to use it, yes. but they're at least in the field using my yep. thing. Yeah. So when they were coming in, they were saying, oh, shoot, we learned a bunch about our technology while we're in this program and we're not even ready for a pilot. Therefore, failure, right? Like, and, But that's a bad signal. That's a, right. that's a terrible signal. So the LEAP committee is basically a group of six individuals, including myself, um, that work on L, uh, connecting them into the lab. So we have, mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that we have uh, the research group in our center. And so they get to pick the brains of researchers, scientists, analysts, technicians, all kinds of folks to design experiments around validating the technology if it's at bench scale, right? Okay. So uh, bring in materials, do analytical tests, do analytical tests on the ben bench scale process, but also, yeah, yeah, and benchmarking against competitors, bringing in, like, it does, it, does the technology or the material do what you say it's going to do? Um, and then E is experimentation. So we're actually going out and, and trying different things. And so we have uh, three two or three members from the research group on the team. We have uh, somebody that has a lot of connections in and across the heritage group because it's 5,000 people you have to navigate. And then there's you and there's uh, Ashley, Brian, and myself uh, from the accelerator team that, you know, heard those cats, right? Yeah, um, the laser pointers out, pointing them all right. the right directions. Right. Um, and so A is audits and assessment. Can we actually go out into the field, talk to customers, do customer discovery, and make sure that we're on the right track? Because a lot of times when you're in the lab, you're laser focused on this cool thing that you've developed, but at some point you put take your, you know, you lift your head up and, you're, and it's two years have gone by and you're like, I've got this cool thing, but I don't know if anybody wants it. Right. And right? How, how much do they this, want they want, want it for? How much does it fit in the field? Yeah. How much do they need? That's right. <laughs> and, and can I make it in any any form or fashion that actually makes money, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So there's all these other dimensions um, that the, the A helps with, right? And then you've got pilots where, where you said, all right, all of these, to your original question of how do you de-risk technically, all of these should be reducing technical risk. Right. You're basically saying, I'm going to be able to test this in lab, validate the the, the material or the chemistry the or the analytics, right? right? Um, and um, the, the in-field side of it where you're saying, I'm going to go out and talk to customers and and the heritage group, uh, various heritage group companies may be a customer or they may be a lead in to a mm -hmm. final customer for these folks. So they help a ton with that. Um, and then ultimately, we've had over 25 pilots 
uh, as a result of the accelerator program. Awesome. So right. you, you guys are both coaching them on how to be founder, right? Yes. How to founder as an instruction that's, kit. That's right. As well as, okay, we are, ex, you know, our group has experience in right. the chemistry side, this hard physics side. How do I help accelerate that? And again, you yep. guys play in a material space mostly, yes. right? From, from my materials, experience. Yeah. Materials, processes. We do have some, um, like I said, SAS that goes mm-hmm. into the hard tech, but interestingly enough, yes, how to founder, but then there's also how do you, how do talk to a founder? So on the other side of things, if you think about their legacy industries that, that I just talked about, mm-hmm. these are folks that have been, that, that have technical and market expertise that, that have been doing their jobs a very certain, a very particular way for a very long time. So they have deep knowledge, um, on the other side, the accelerator actually benefits the professionals across the heritage group and externally mentors. We have mentors that come in that volunteer their time because it gives them insight, right? Yeah. It makes you entrepreneur adjacent, right? Yeah. So you you get that mindset of fast pivot right. thing. Don't just you know put Think it in the differently. Mach- yeah. Don't just put it in the formula, get the answer, and That's take right. it to market. It's like That's okay, right. how would I do this if I were crazy? Yes. So yes. So <laughs> thinking outside of the box or thinking like you're crazy or or it's you know I'm not in said industry, but maybe I can help you think differently. Right. Right. So we've encouraged our founders to participate in our business brainstorms where available, um, because our businesses could benefit from minds that don't live and breathe this every day and then vice versa. So there's, it's a very symbiotic, uh, relationship in that sense. And it's density. I mean, this is, you you basically are are pitching the whole innovation district, 16 tech density (laughs) mission, the whole Indiana Friction. manufacturing yeah. density thing is yeah, absolutely. how do you build enough critical mass yes. that all the good ideas bounce off of each other That's instead right. of just into the void? Yeah. Um, and we see that as well when you're trying to build a, a place for people to congregate and share right. ideas. You guys have it built in because you're old enough and big enough. That's right. But you guys are, I think, with us trying to help. How do we pull the rest of the state in together absolutely. to build that density? Because you're, yep. you're nailing it. You know, or, the, or the collision. Like, who do I call? Right. So, yeah. You know, we've got a high level of connectivity in the state, right? Yeah, so the, the Hoosier friendly is a really right. nice it's place really to run a business. really strong, which is great. And I think these founders, which by the way, in this year's class, there's not a single one of them that's from Indiana. Right. Uh, so when they come in here, they're pleasantly surprised by the fact that, you know, you've got a marketing person that says he's got a neighbor that works in concrete. Right. And that he's happy to make an introduction. That doesn't happen most other places. And that you can like reach out. So like, yeah. you know, I would ask you for an introduction that's and you'd right. write a one line email. Hey, can you meet Grant? Absolutely. And that person will follow up, where do you want to get a drink? Yes. Not, oh, like, I'm too busy this month yeah. or next year. That's right. That's it's always right. like, well, where do you want to get coffee? Do, can I drive to you? Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm the one asking for help here. How does That's this right. work? Yeah. But welcome yeah. to Indiana. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's a virtuous circle, right? So I, I'll help you because somebody else helped me, right? It's almost like the, it's the pay it forward. It's yeah. the, it's just it's a karma. really cool. It is. It's real time karma It cash. is. It is. And I come from cities where that's not the case. No. Um, but I find myself, like, I've. I felt like I've been helpful in other, like living in other cities. But when you're in the culture where people are helpful to you, you're kind of like spurred to do it as well. Right. They, right. I mean, there's this, there's this impetus within you that grows because I'm not, I'm, I've been here a year and I feel like there are people that I met professionally that introduced me to folks that I now know socially. Right. Uh, just purely because they were like, Oh, you're from somewhere else. Like, let me help you build a friend group. Let, yeah. Let yeah. me help you transition. Um, moving is an art. So these, when you think about transitions, these guys have left spouses, partners, families, kids, right? All sorts of loved ones and their actual physical location, um, physically located businesses to come to this in-residence program for four months. Mm -hmm. That's not a small ask of them. Of a person, yeah. Right, of of anybody. Um, So we don't take that responsibility lightly, right? So they, they come here, they've left loved ones behind and they've brought the one thing they've been working on for the past several years. They've brought their baby um, that's, that's not a small responsibility. 
So we have to like, by virtue of the accelerator, we have to, we have to make sure that there's empathy, there's structure, there's value, there's understanding, there's value. Um, and then, so the question of value is, is squishy, right? So yeah, you could say investable, but right. uh, they could be, they, they may be investable anywhere from the day of showcase, which in our case will be, um, pretty significant, but then also it could be any, any time within the next couple of years. Right. Right. So, or do they meet the right person that completely ripped up their business model and, right. and told them their baby is hideous, but showed them the path to a successful version yeah. of that thing. There, there's been a lot of pivots in our, in our, so they, they make a lot of significant, we had a company last year that changed their name and their model, um, having with the same tech yep. name and model shifted during program this year, we've had markets change. We've had, uh, business models change like path to market change. Mm -hmm. We've had, I mean, there's, there's, and there's people that have realized that, you know, I may need to think bigger. Right. Yep. Um, I don't need to show numbers like, oh, my, my market's like 150, like more than the GDP of most countries. Right. Uh, but what I have right now is this fraction it, of it, this yeah. fraction of it. It's nice, but you have to lay the, what's important for anybody when you state a vision is how do you actually get there? Right. right. So, so you need that visionary aspect in the, in the founder. Right. So like we will land on the moon by this day, but then having the path of there has to be executors. And, and as a founder, you have to be both for a little while. Yep. And that's, that's an unenviable no, position it's, it's because ha you have to do both. You're a doer and a leader. Yes. And those are very different roles every day. Yes. And it's, what's interesting is what we do at Glassboard is we actually sell both those things. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, we're engineering services in our product development. Yeah. You know, yes, we make plastic parts. We engin engineer the way it works. Right. But we also offer those services that are much softer that are, hey, let me architect your path to market. Let yeah. me apply for your grant with you and like write this narrative of how we're going to get you to market. And, you know, that's two very different skill sets that because we're, I'm both an entrepreneur, like built the business and I do product development every day for other people. I split the rails entirely more than I would like to, but right. it is kind of the, the cool art that they're very different skill sets you end up building. And it's like two masks that you wear. Yes. You know, there's like nerdy engineer grant yeah. mask and then I can take that off and put on like, like CTO for, a, you know, all of my clients of this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And this is how we do it. And it, it helps in both internally at Glassboard and for what we do for our partners. I think, your founders learning that early is so integral and hard, but mm -hmm. integral into being successful. Yeah. And it builds self-awareness, right? So the fact that you, you acknowledge the fact that you have a nerdy side and then you have the CTO helping all my client side yeah. is important because what you didn't mention is that I have a mark, you have a marketing side or a sales side. Oh, yeah. right? like, how do you business development? You, yeah. yeah. So, so the self-awareness piece has been at an early stage ends up being crucial because you have to know what gaps you're filling mm -hmm. with the types of people you want to hire because if i then if i just hire twins with the same right like with oh, the yeah. same skill sets i'm not actually manifesting for the things i don't know because if i'm too insecure to hire people that that push me that push you that that know things i don't know then that's you're not you're that's not, not a founder no, yeah right the, the goal is to find people smarter than yourself right. that that's is right. i mean that's when you've won it's like that's oh right. man that guy's way smarter than me that's this right. is awesome that's right and if you build that expertise you've actually if i hire somebody that knows something i don't know i give them autonomy and that's what most professionals are seeking in their roles right so you want to mm -hmm. be able to hire somebody that says this is what i know this is my wheelhouse and I, i'm here to help and make a difference let me that's drive literally yeah that's yeah. literally and then you're happy to to, to let them drive because they're driving something you don't know how to drive Right. And right. it's one of those, like you build that Venn diagram where there's just enough overlap. You can all yes. communicate, yes. but there's just enough difference that you're building the puzzle one piece at a time exactly. as you're building your team. And I think that's yeah. some of the harder parts for our uh, partners and clients as they yes. grow is 
who do I hire next? Like, well, you're eventually gonna have to hire a puzzle piece that covers me up. Yep. Like yep. I am a, a, I'm here for you forever as long as you want me, but to grow a business, you're going to start having people on staff that do some of what we do. So you can internalize that yep. and grow that skill set. Yeah. And you have to be able to fade to black and understand that, yeah. that that's, that's okay. Right. Like my job here is done. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. Right. That's the yeah, thing. It's like, you're right. never going to hurt my feelings when you that's hire right. a mechanical engineer that you know, <laughs> can right. now do your plastics engineer. That's I'm right. like, that means I got, I did my job, yeah, right? I got yeah. you guys off the ground, you're profitable yeah. and you're growing. And you're, and you're still vested in their journey, right? So we have, we have founders that we know from year one's class that, that we love to watch grow, right? right? So if they have meaningful successes, we have, we have a, one of the companies moved from Oklahoma to Indiana and this year they were in the, the first year class. Uh, and this year they, they opened a pretty big facility right off of Michigan road, mm -hmm. uh, Materials and, They've hired people. They've brought people in. They've moved people to Indiana. They've they they're doing a tremendous uh, amount of work and are vested in living here, here, right? Yeah. So the, in the community here, that's that's gratifying for us to see because it's not just growth of the company; it's growth of the individual, the team, the people, all of that stuff. Because what I like to say is when you when you're hiring when you're hiring for something you don't know about, right? So you're hiring your third person, your fourth person, your seventh person. These people are 30%, 25%, 20 of your culture, mm -hmm. right? So you get to set the tone for what you want your work culture to be. And that's a really cool position because not everybody gets to do that. If you're in a large corporate, you're, you're, you're not setting the tone for a culture. In Someone's any way. already picked the flavor of that that's Kool-Aid. Right. Yeah. That one, that <laughs> is right. pre-mixed. That's right. That is, yes, that's right. And, and here you get to decide, um, what you want it to be. Well, and right? I think that, that culture reference is a hilarious tangent because it's, just because you get to make it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy the process of making it, right? <laughs> That's right. That's you have right. to, you know, and, and also as you scale, the culture has to change. Yes. Right? It's one of those, you know, transitions of like, okay, when you are five people, yeah. the culture is totally different than when That's you're right. 15 or even or 20. And when you get to be 50 or 80, your culture completely pivots and the kinds of people you're going to want to hire are different, right? Yes. Because there is, you know, at the very beginning, you want all of those crazy people, those, right. you know, visionaries, the people that are going to, you know, jut out and do their own thing. And you still want a culture fit. And you want a culture fit, but then right. as you scale, you're going to need, you're going to have built processes. Those, you know, uh, what I'll call like, you know, pathfinders have built a process and you're going to need to hire people that will want to work within right. a process. And they're totally different people. And how do you scale a business and scale your culture so you don't lose the spark and the pizzazz or That's your right. favorite flavor of Kool-Aid or however you want to mix that yeah. while also maturing in a way that is, you know, palatable to being 50 people. Yeah. Um, cause I think that's so hard. I've watched some of my clients struggle with that growth. Um, and again, even at Glassport, it's been a, this last, you know, two years for us as we scaled from one room of all the engineers literally working out of the same room to a building and 15 people, the culture pivots and changes and navigating that is definitely one of the more fun challenges of growth. Absolutely. And it, those growing pains, um, come with a relinquishing of control mm -hmm. that as a founder at the early stage, you're like, this is my baby. I, you know, I care about how all these things do. Right? Yeah, I, I, I want, you know, a, some semblance of control over and, and relinquishing that is scary because then you're saying, I now trust the individuals to take carry this forward with the vision that I'm setting. Right. So you turn from you, you're, you're pivoting a little bit from executor to continuing to be a leader and setting the vision and setting the strat strategic direction and making sure you're still the decision maker. So it's it's an interesting um pivot in the, in the skill sets that you're, that you're manifesting, right? And giving up control is hard. 
Yeah. And so when your accelerators or your cohorts are ending yeah. and they're coming out of here, so they're, the goal is to be investable, right? right? And, you know, of course, there's going to be multiple scales of, you know, we're investable to the next de-risking stage or I'm going to start scaling. That's right. Um, where do you see some of the the challenges for these founders as they exit and get investment? What is the What are the things that it's not obvious that they end up tripping over the moment they make it? Is the word I want to yeah. use. I don't want to hear about the guys that didn't make it because that's just part of the process. That's sure. failure to learn. Sure. We all sure. understand how that works, right? You know, try again. What happens when you make it and what's the hard part there? Because I think that's the story untold because, you know, quote, yeah. unquote, oh, you're funded. You've got bubbly water in the fridge. It's all yeah, good. That's right. Yeah. Um, what are the what are the scary parts that you've seen? I think that's a cool insight you guys get to have from being the, you know, the laser pointer people. Yeah. They can then get to just sit back and watch. That's right. Yeah. It's interesting because you it's almost like they they fight for so long. It's And the answer is no. So many times when somebody says yes, <laughs> you keep asking anyway. And the person's like. I already said yes. Yeah, it's right. checks in the mail is coming. Yeah, you're good. So then you're sitting in this position of, okay, I've got more money in the bank than I've ever had before. And I get yeah. to choose, like, I, I I now have this this fiduciary responsibility to my investors, right? It's a different level of, you think you're going to go down one path, you're, you think you have this, this level of certainty will continue. But when you're when you're now responsible for somebody else's money, mm-hmm. right? Think about your friends and family. So if you've raised with friends and family, that's a whole that's a whole other bag. Uh, when you've raised with institutional investors, you've you've got you've got accountability to people that don't care help, about you that don't that don't <laughs> care about you. And at the end of the day, could uh, despite best intentions, whatever, can oust you, mm-hmm. right? Steve Jobs being a pretty prominent example. So. Um, that's where I think the the pivotal moment is. All right, well, now I have to do what I said I was going to do. Right. Right. And so publicly, publicly, like it becomes you. You've now got lenses. You like all the spotlights went on. Right. The checks and they don't in the turn mail off anymore. They, they, don't, they never turn off. You're if you thought you were peopling before, you're definitely peopling now. And I think one of the one of the things that trips people up is that now I'm CEO of the company, but I'm now accountable to a ton of other people. Um, in a very different way, right? And I, I have, have to, to justify communicate. my risks. Yeah, I have to justify my risks. I have to justify my actions, and I have control without actually having control. Like, how does that 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 feeling of all right now I'm accountable to somebody else that's expecting me to do it a certain way, and now you've you've included change management in a very interesting way, right? So if I decide that I don't no longer want to go after X market and now I want to go after Y, I have people to explain that to because I can't just announce we're going after Y, right? You have to lay the breadcrumbs of your logic out because you have to bring people on in a in a trusting trusting manner, right? Yeah. So you have to you have to have that trust with the people that have invested in you. All right? So you have to trust them. They have more importantly, they have to trust you to make sure that you're going to execute on that vision. So when you, when a founder, and we tell founders this all the time, like when you, it's not just investors that get to pick you, you get to pick your investors. Right. So if you don't, at the early stage, that working relationship is pretty tight because you have to con- communicate to them on a regular basis. You have to trust that they know what they're talking about. They have to trust that you know what you're talking about. And at the end of the day, you're, you're uh, put in this position where um, that execution is, becomes more and more key. So that trusting Part of that relationship is super important at the early stages. Well, and I think it's also interesting when you get your first, you know, what I'll call like big money investors that you're accountable for, how do you have the hard conversations with them? Yeah. Because what I've seen that's way worse than failing yes. is hiding that you're not doing great. Yes. Um, and that's the, that's the, I think the, the other challenge these founders need to learn that, yeah, the numbers are bigger, but to this investor, it's no different than your life savings you've already risked to get here, whatever that's that right. is, right? That's right. 
So how do you have those open and honest conversations of, hey, that thing we thought was going to work yeah. six months ago, it didn't. It, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, we need all, six more all months. All we want to know is what the plan is, right? So when we're, as investors, we say it's it's better for you to be honest and authentic than to, you know, brush it under the rug and, and pretend like it's and not there. Yeah, yeah, and pretend like it's not there until the mound's so big that we're like, what's under that rug? Yeah, the, <laughs> the rug is hovering. What is underneath the rug? <laughs> right, right. So, it, you know, if, if things aren't going, and honestly, we're here to provide advice and be helpful. We're a strategic investor. We want to be able to, we want to be able to help. So if you don't come to us for advice and come to us when it's already, you know, easy to fix. Done, yeah. Right. Then, then, you know, the, the harder it's going to be. So if you, if you don't have, so let's say, um, you know, somebody pitched to us and wants to, wants to, uh, raise money, but you're not ready to give us all the documents that you, that we need to yeah. be able to do our due diligence. Uh, because you haven't cleared it with a lawyer, you haven't cleared it with with somebody else. Just tell us that. We understand your early stage. This is the first time you've ever raised. Yeah. I might be able to advise you on whether or not that needs to be the case, as opposed to you saying, uh, "We'll yet. we'll get back to you." And then there's a black hole of 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 you know there's a silence mm -hmm. for for the next six weeks. Right. So that 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 often and this is something we teach during the the storytelling and the presence and the pitching. Right. So at showcase, these guys are going to be talking about themselves for five minutes, and it's hours and hours and hours of practice that goes into that five minutes. Mm -hmm. It is a pivotal point at this accelerator. It's the culminating event, but it's one that spurs a lot of conversations beyond their time here. So when you do that, you have to come across as authentic. If you're slapping lipstick on a pig and like making things seem like, oh, this technology isn't, you know, leeches all these crazy chemicals, but it does cool stuff over here, right? Yeah. That's that's not going to fly for very long. Right. Like people are going to spot gaps. It's really easy to, I mean, if, when you're, if you think about your time in a classroom, it's really easy to see um, when, when you have a teacher or a professor teaching, you notice a lot of things about that about that professor than just the words coming out of their mouth, right? So these guys have to be put themselves in a place where they're being remembered for the right things. They're not being remembered for the wrong things. Right, right. And how do you make those like impressions that are like, yes. I trust that guy. Yes. He told me his baby's ugly here and he's working on it. That's right. But then he told me how good it can be in his plan to get there. And that's way more powerful than the guy that just presents the pretty baby. Right. You know there's something that's missing. Yeah, yeah. And and so if you've got a super technical person that gets up on stage and starts doing all this marketing wizardry, that is inauthentic. Yeah, jazz I'd, hands. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> see you up there in a lab coat. Right. That I want to see you up there and like with jazz hands. Right. And you say, these are the numbers that the lab tells me. However, through the accelerator, I've learned that these lab numbers can pivot into a exactly. market opportunity that is X and Y and Z. And this is why we're passionate and why that's we're right. here. That's right. And oh, that's, that's going to awesome. go. And that's, I mean, that's a life skill. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. It goes on forever. But again, in, in the roles that the founders are in and that you and I are in, it's a lifelong you know, pursuit. There's no uh, that's right. 12 weeks gets you there. It's 12 weeks right. start you to learn how to learn. Right, because yeah. once you jump out of what I'll call a, a traditional role, whether it's a university or a corporate career you're in, and you jump into the the new and the blue ocean, yep. you're never done learning. All yep. we're doing every single day is getting better at what we're doing and figuring out better ways to people. Yeah, because it's yeah. equal parts technical and equal parts business and equal parts peopling. That's I do. Right. I'm going to steal that word by the okay, way. I didn't good. use it until today, but <laughs> that one's going straight in the lexicon. Yeah. So it's funny. I I tell these founders like there's quite a few of them that are that are would would much rather tinker heads down tinker than than they would you know, present. socialize, yeah. right? Socialize or present. Uh, so I warned them for the day. I'm like, Hey guys, it's going to be peopley tomorrow. Like manage your energy accordingly. Cause you're going to have to show up in a different way tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So there, there's always, you don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be an introvert. You don't have to be anything. Uh, you just have to know how to compensate for, you're never going to be everything. Right. 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 So you have to compensate for 
another side of all of that. No, right. That's, that's a hundred percent. It is, you know, figure out what you're good at yeah. and figure out where you need help and go get it. That's right. Um, and you know, until you can hire people, you just need people to coach you to help to, you know, put, you know, put some braces on it as you get through it. That's and then right. when you start hiring, find people that are your, your the yin to your yang yep. that do the other thing that you don't like doing Yeah. because someone likes to do that. Yeah. And I've, and I've, uh, the analogy to this accelerator really is like we've we've gotten feedback from these from previous cohorts that when they get done with the accelerator, uh, so it ends just before the holidays, mm -hmm. right? they it feels they tell us that it feels like they woke up in January and they've got whiplash, right? right. They're, they're kind of like, woo, we were we were going so fast and now I've got to figure all of this out on my own and I'm not in this like incubated Structured safe environment, place, yeah. yeah, safe environment. What do I like now? I got to figure out what to do next. And I, the equivalent of it is the, the walk later, right? Like you're, you're on it. And then the second you get off, you're like, you stumble a little bit because yep. you're just like, dang, that got me. We're moving real I, fast. We, we were moving real fast. Something helped me move pretty fast. And now it's not there anymore. How do I keep that momentum going? And you'll get that for a few more steps. And that's what we're hoping for. And that few more steps might lead to another one. And that's critical right. mass. That's like right. this, 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 that's the narrative right. we kind of were touching on earlier. It's both yeah. physical space, critical Absolutely. mass. It's momentum, critical mass. It's, you got to keep pushing until the ball rolls. And once yep. it starts rolling, just keep yep. pushing because it'll just pick up speed and mass and momentum. Yeah. And that, that the cohort is crucial for that. So it's not just us, it's them, us bringing them together. These are people that may not have ever crossed paths had it not been for the accelerator. And that gives them a near peer relationship to a peer to peer. And then a near peer people that have been through the class a few years ago. Right. Um, to work with, talk to, sync with, like it's, it, I, I think it, it's one of the gratifying things also of the accelerator is hearing who stays in touch after they leave. Right. So mm -hmm. the fact that they call each other and say, Hey, I just talked to this investor. Um, what did, what did you think I, I could do there? What, what do you think I could do better here? Or my tech is doing this. You're in a completely different market space. Oh, I heard during the accelerator that you have this connection. I'd yeah. love to, I'd love to talk to you now. Or I just it. talked to an investor that's not right for me, but I think yes, they're right for you. Let right. me introduce you. There's a lot of that. And, and it's really fun to see them develop that relationship during the program, but sustaining it. It's, it's, it's like in high school when you graduate, you're like, we're that, we love you. Like we're, we're never going right. to lose touch, but it's the, it's the fewer sparks in between it is the one or two high school people that you stay in touch with. Right. It's not everybody. It's not going to be everybody. Um, but that's still gratifying because it's a relationship that we helped cultivate. Right. And it's that Hoosier hospitality we want yeah. to like leave people with. Yep. Right. Like don't be afraid to call someone up after years and yes. pick up like you never left off because that's how you maintain connections and build a large and large network. Yep. Um, well, I think we're, we're running out of time here, so we need to wrap up, but otherwise we could talk for hours yeah, about sure all, yeah. all this process. But yeah. um, again, it's awesome to hear about what you guys are doing in accelerating these, you know, early stage companies and how you're pushing them, not just in their tech space, but how do you make them people and, yeah. you know, teach them how to people and, and do all those cool things. And I think that's the the fun part that gets you know, kind of swept under the rug when you're talking about new hardware and new product is typically in hardware, you've got people that are on one side of the, you know, the nerd spectrum. And how do you create them into the the business, business development, business sales guide, the CEO, the fundraiser, um, but they need to be to get that off the ground. And I think you guys are doing an awesome job of getting that up, out and, and, building a process with the laser pointers for the cats. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun to talk about. I, I could go on for, for hours. Ever. Now, yeah. Yeah. No, for, for sure. We'll have to do it again. Yeah. Um, again, I think the love to, you know, get some of your cohorts on here one of these days and hear about the, the accelerator from the other side. For sure. So, you know, we'll, we'll be there November 15th, right? Yes. So, November 15th. It'll be at the center in Indianapolis, two to five o'clock. There's networking. You get to meet the founders. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so come and hear them speak and then go find them to talk about their businesses. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, and it's for everybody, right? General public. Uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be entrepreneur adjacent, you don't know how, you want to help, but don't know where to start. This is, this is the place for you. If you're in, in the ecosystem as an ecosystem partner place for you, if you're an investor, please come out. If you want to learn what it looks like to do this, yes. come check it out. You're Absolutely. going to see the kind of people that are both the investor side that are the founder side that are the adjacent side. Like we're, we're we live at Glassboard in this space, right? We are, yeah. you know, entrepreneurial adjacent. We yes. aren't in the middle of it right now. Have sure. been there before, but yeah. uh, now we're, we're people that just kind of help out. So. Yeah. And if anybody wants to help during the program next year, love to hear. Yeah. No, awesome. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah, um, thanks we'll, for having me. We'll, uh, we'll definitely stay in touch and see you on the 15th. And thanks everyone for staying around for another uh, episode of the Glasshouse Podcast. Mm-hmm.